Hi, welcome to My Creativity, the podcast about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity, from the planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head, and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Each week, I go over my goals that I set for last week. And at the end of the episode, I set new goals for the coming week. And I do, I do this each week to stay accountable and to, I suppose, be, uh, to, to be authentic to my planning and goal-setting process. Now, I've been I've been in the past much like a lot of people and just sort of going from thing to thing, idea to idea as stuff props up, pops up and I never got anywhere doing it and now I want to get somewhere. So I'm going to go over my goals that I had for all of June and this now then is the end of June so I'm going to need new goals for July but that is also the end of my quarter so next week I'll be going with some new quarterly goals. So June goals. Each week I would review my monthly goals and I'm doing that now. The reason, of course, I'm doing that is to make sure that the weekly goals I set stay relevant to my larger projects, my larger goals, which as they have come down from quarterly and, and annually set targets. So I said I'd complete, I said complete my shop. So yes, I've completed that. Hurrah. Run up to 10 kilometers on Sunday. Today, even though it was raining and it was cold and I really didn't feel like it, I watched the weather radar until there was a break in the rain and I managed to go and run 10 kilometers. My legs are complaining about it. My heart and lungs had no troubles, but uh, the tendons in my legs are sort of reminding me that it's been a while since I've run that far. Uh, finished book two. I did. I finished book two. I'm now doing the editing of book two. Start exit plan three. I I suppose I could say I've started exit plan three. I, it wasn't in my, my my weekly goals, so I didn't really get into it. And cover of judgment day. So that brings me to last week's goals. And these were the last week's goals to close off June. As I said, I ran the 10 kilometers. I had more books to my shop. You can go there right now. The books that are in my shop are links to, uh, ultimately, they're links to Amazon. Uh, and that's because it's the, it's the best way for me to sell my books from my own site, is to actually just do an Amazon affiliate and get people to buy my books through Amazon affiliate links. But also, as I talk about books here, these are the books that have heavily influenced me and inspired me. And I think they're very very useful. I put them up there with a bit of information as well. And if you like and you're curious, you can click on through to Amazon and perhaps buy some. So I have started my second draft of book two. That's going well. It's going a lot quicker than my second draft of book one because I have uh, learned a whole lot about how to do these things. 
Judgment Day. I spent most of today trying to record a good, clean set of guitar for Judgment Day. I did not get a... I got the verse, but I have not done the whole thing. So I have, however, practiced and learned it a lot and figured that there's a much easier way of playing it using a capo, which I should have thought of before. And it makes it sound a whole lot better. Edit the Casey Whalen interview. I didn't get around to doing that. I just had too much on my plate. I was a bit ambitious. So more things I did. I started book three. I, I've read this book called The Barefoot Investor. And it's an Australian book. And I think most Australians have probably heard of it. The guy sold a million copies of it here in Australia, which is is no more no small feat considering there's only 20 million 25 million people in Australia. Uh, the Barefoot Investor is it's a book about financial planning, financial management and it puts out sets out a very simple, very practical, easy to follow blueprint. And my wife and I we said, you know what? We we went along to this Kerwin Ray business coaching training, you know, 3 day course spent a lot of money doing that and and we committed to implementing the things that experts say you need to do in order to achieve the things you want to achieve and invariably you end up feeling silly to do it you know like what i'm doing now writing down my goals having a plan and reviewing it this is something that everyone will tell you to do but no one ever does it and that's why no one ever gets ahead because the people who do get ahead, they all say, oh, what you got to do is you got to write your goals down. So here I am. Barefoot Investor, he says, what you got to do is set up your money like this. So it's quite a simple, practical thing. So my wife and I were going, okay, we're going to do it. And we are following exactly. Uh, I interviewed this fellow, Lee James, also known as Warcroft, from Warcroft Design. He is a... He, he was an air traffic controller simulation trainer. He was a retail assistant. He worked at uh, as a radio announcer at various places and then got into sign writing and graphic design. And he has now decided that, you know, what really floats his boat is voice acting. So he has done audiobooks. He's done voiceovers for computer games. He has just written an audio drama, which he is producing as well. And uh, I've got some a couple of little snippets of that, trailers that I will play uh, around his interview. And it, it sounds fantastic. He has, he has really done a great job. Okay, I also changed the Gravity Undone website around a bit. Uh, and that's that for, uh, for various reasons. So there you go. Uh, you know, that's that's a lot of goals there. I, I kicked, ticked off a lot of tasks. I'm going to have a whole bunch more for next week. But something that really, really helped me in, I guess, formalizing my creative process. And I think it was important for me to do this because I, for a very long time, and I remember back in high school, I took creative writing classes and before that, back when I was, I want to say I was 12, uh, my my parents made me write. When I say made me write, I wanted to write. But they sort of gave me a helping hand in, in encouraging me to write a, a little book. And I even did literature at university. 
as I've been wanting to create, but how how do you be creative? How do you set yourself up to move in the right direction to be able to learn and grow and think and develop? So I've gone through a lot of things like mindset and mindfulness and and uh, like high performance habits and and so forth. And I'll talk more about all of these things because, quite frankly, it's it's quite quite a revelation when you actually implement this stuff. And invariably, people read a lot of this, this sort of, uh, I know, coaching, self-help type stuff, and they don't implement it, and they just go, oh, yeah, whatever. And you know what? Most people don't get where they want to go. So I was reading up about brainwaves. So in particular, there's a Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's, he's written a bunch of books. The one that, that was particularly interesting to me was called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he talks about how how we condition ourselves, how we set our mind, and how these these habits, which form a part of ourself, invariably lead us down certain directions and result in in what happens in our life. We can talk about how we we create our own realities, and that's a very it's a very loaded sort of statement to make it has a lot of meanings a lot of layers to it and i'm not going to go into it but we do we create our reality and we create that in our brains and so something that really stuck with me and i found it very useful was these um different levels of thought or different brainwave patterns and how how we move through these not only as we age but also uh, in our day-to-day life and how that influences or can influence the way we understand the world around us, how we think and ultimately what becomes our reality in that sense. So brainwaves. And, and this is brainwaves. You've probably heard of these different states of mind. There's the, uh, Beta, alpha, theta, delta, and so on. And they're measured using electroencephalography. 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 EEG. So that's where they stick a bunch of you know, pads on your head and they, they monitor the electrical activity of your brain. Now, of course, we have, we have these brainwaves at varying levels constantly. It's not like you're only in the beta state, only in alpha. You're not. What they talk about when they say you're in beta state is that's the predominant um, frequency of operation of your brain. So, so our brain is a collection of neurons and they're connected and cross-connected and they communicate via sort of minute electrical pulses. And the number of pulses, the frequency at which these pulses happen per second is what we're talking about when we talk about these, these brain states, the states of mind, if we like. And why, you know, why does this matter? So we easily, it's easy to forget that we are, in fact, the controllers of our reality. And our reality is not made up of outside influences. It it's actually consists of our thoughts, beliefs, and mindset. So learning about the deeper states of consciousness, you can open your subconscious mind and create your reality at will. And again, I'm not talking about going full 
hallucinogenic here or somehow magically warping reality, but rather this great example people always talk about, the glass is half full or the glass is half empty. That is an example of, let's call it beta thought. You've, you've got these rules here and you can either, and people like to say it's either half full, which means you're an optimist, or it's half empty. But if you were to sort of drop your thoughts down and meditate a bit and really sort of open up your, your lower subconscious mind, you might come to realize, in fact, you could create the reality that it's a full glass of water. And how can that be? It's a full glass of water. It's just in too big a glass. Yeah, so the glass isn't half full or half empty. It's one glass of water. You've just got too big a glass. If you had a smaller glass, it would be full. In fact, if you had an even smaller glass, it would be overflowing. That's how you create your reality, is you don't lock yourself into the paradigms or thoughts or perceptions that people tell you. It's everything that's in your own head. And the, the more you can understand what's going on inside your head, the more you can come to realize that the glass isn't half full or half empty. It's totally as full as you want it to be. It all depends on how big a glass it is. So let's talk about these brain functions, these frequencies. And I really don't like the use of the term frequency when often people are talking about uh, health and well-being and so forth because they generally there's this misconception of what a frequency is. And a frequency is just a, a vibration per second. And people do not operate at different life frequencies that is measurable like that's purely a metaphor i'm talking about actual measurable pulses electrical pulses and the implications that has for the way your brain is operating so gamma you may not have heard this one this is recently discovered level of brain activity it's at about 40 hertz that means your brain is firing off concerted pulses 40 times a second and it's very fast frequency for brain waves and they've been associated with bursts of insight and high level information processing and you can well imagine that if you could get a lot of your neurons all firing at the same time quickly then that's going to be a lot of information processing in fact when you have when a person is having a seizure they often have uh, a very fast and chaotic sessions because the brain has got too much information processing at a time and it's overloaded and it um, short circuits if you like and anyone who knows more about epilepsy than me is certainly free to correct me on that but that's my understanding of epilepsy but I'm not talking about that I'm talking about insight and highly information processing so this is an ordered processing of the brain I have no more information about how one might achieve this on purpose so there you go the next level is beta. A beta waves are associated with your normal wakeful consciousness and they're a heightened state of alertness and logic. Beta waves are where we operate while actively working on something or performing tasks that require concentration and understanding. From a creative creativity point of view, this is where we are when we know what we're doing and we're using all our learnt tools and skills to achieve our goal. So the downside of beta waves or a, a beta level of functioning is that it comes from a highly ordered and structured mind. It likes rules and predictable patterns. And this is great for doing those tasks that we know how to do. 
and we know the rules associated. It's bad for being intuitive and creative. The more ordered our mind it is, the harder it is to leap to intuitive resolutions and be really creative. And you might you might recognize this problem as where you're you're thinking so hard in a particular problem domain that you can't find solutions. You're sitting there going, I know there is a solution to this. Uh, may, maybe someone's asked you the name of an actor in a film. And you go, I know, I know the answer, I know the answer, I know the answer. Cannot pull it out of my brain. Because when you're in this high level of alertness and consciousness, your, your mind is sort of locked into a paradigm of thought for a particular problem domain. And this is great if you are if you're a civil engineer and you are working through the uh, force loading calculations for a suspension bridge, then you want to be locked into those rules of gravity and of vectors and of uh, force and of calculus. If someone then says, okay, you know, name 10 cities that start with A, you're not thinking of the right thing. Your brain is sort of locked down. You've actually got to relax out of that mode and then it's like bring up a new set of rules to start working inside of. Okay, so alpha. Alpha waves then uh, are the next lower level of frequency. So they, they don't happen as... So is your brain not firing as quickly? And they're dominant when we're in a state of deep relaxation. And they usually emerge when we're daydreaming or during light meditation. The brain is less alert and the rules and structures we think are important relax. As a result, it is a great time to find creative solutions to problems we have. It's excellent for learning new things, for visualizing situations, and concentration. This is one of the reasons I take time each day to meditate and consider my body, my feelings, and my surroundings. So when I'm on the train with my earphones in, I'm not really listening to the music. I'm actually drowning out all the other stimulation that would put me in a beta mental state. It put me in that sort of social awareness state so it's a way of reducing input to the brain to let it relax you know i let my eyes lose focus and that's where i i sit and i come up with ideas that's where i plan my stories my podcast my music so on it also happens often in shower in the shower so you know you have this idea of you've been asked as i said you've been working on your uh, engineering problems and you've been asked the name of an actor in a film and you can't come up with it and then you're at home and you're in the shower, the bath, uh, and then bing, the name pops in your head. Yeah, because in the shower is a great time. It's it's quiet. It's, yeah, it's enclosed. You're not being distracted. Your brain can sort of relax. It doesn't have to have these rules and structure. And particularly, you know, it's warm water. It's relaxing and so forth. And suddenly, all of these connections open up in your mind. Connections that are free-flowing and, and less structured. So let's move on then to theta. Theta brain waves are present during deep meditation and light sleep. And this is the realm of your subconscious and only experienced momentarily as you drift off to sleep or wake up from deep sleep. An interesting point though about this state is that you can achieve it during repetitive monotonous tasks. And it's dangerous on the highway, for example, if you're just driving on the highway, the freeway, straight road, droning engine, speed's not changing, nothing much is happening. You go into a, a, a almost into a theta state 
perhaps you do. You don't want to really, but perhaps you do. And that's where you sort of suddenly look up and you've passed your exit. It's also where uh, hypnosis takes you into this theta state. But it also happens sometimes during exercise. So when I run at lunchtimes, and having learnt this about the theta state, it's kind of almost this dream state. When I go running, sometimes I dip in and out of there. So I'm mostly in an alpha state, you know, a sort of a relaxed state because I've got head again, I've got headphones in, all I can hear is my heart and, and my breathing. But then I, I just let my body go and it, and it just plods along. It keeps just jogging without much change or much difficulty. And then my the awareness of my body and my surroundings sort of fades and I just sort of live in these little daydreams and these little short bursts where I, I kind of, I, I basically sort of forget what I'm thinking about and just, it's sort of almost a dreamlike state. It's not really, but it is getting on that way. And that's where I sort of go, oh, hang on, what, what was I thinking about? What, what am I doing? And I look around and I, I try and find where I am again. But it's, it's a very, uh, it's a great time to start conjuring up some strange ideas. But it's also a great time to start for your brain to consolidate knowledge. Okay, delta. Delta waves are the slowest and deepest. And they're experienced during sort of deep dreamless sleep and in a very deep meditative state. So your, your, your monks and, and things who have practiced meditation a lot will get themselves down to that, that state where they seem to be asleep, but they're not. Their heart rate drops right down and their mind is completely well, more or less asleep. Not really, but getting there. So delta waves and deep sleep are the link to the healing regeneration. And we need all levels of thought to be healthy, but it's easy to get caught at the high levels. An interesting thing I was reading in Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself that Joe talks about, he, he talks about the different ages where these, as we age from young, young to older, the predominant state at which our mind operates changes. And it shouldn't really surprise you too much. So starting at the deepest, delta, he's saying here, between birth and two years old, the human brain functions primarily in the lowest brainwave levels from 0.5 to 4 cycles per second. This range of electromagnetic activity is known as delta waves. Adults and deep sleeper in delta... And this explains why a newborn usually can't remain awake for more than a few minutes at a time. When one-year-olds are awake, they're still primarily in delta because they function principally from their subconscious. Information from the outside world enters their brains with little editing, critical thinking or judgment. And then theta, so this is slightly higher up the scale again, from about two to five or six, a child begins to demonstrate slightly higher EEG patterns. So these theta wave frequencies measure four to eight cycles per second. And children functioning in theta tend to be trance-like and primarily connected to their internal world. They live in the abstract in the realm of imagination and exhibit few of the nuances of critical and rational thinking. Thus, young children are likely to accept what you tell them, like that Santa is real. And certainly my own children have whilst watching Scooby-Doo, the movies, not the cartoon, actually have turned around and asked me, is Scooby-Doo real? Which took me by surprise, like, what do you mean is he real? And so in the theta state, of course, it's when you really internalize and generate 
attitudes, beliefs, and so forth. So that's where this this two five to five to six. That's where kids really learn so much about how to interact with the world and what attitudes they're supposed to demonstrate. And and it goes makes me feel a bit bad about some of the things I've done and said in front of the kids. You know, what sort of example am I giving? But it also means that this is one of the reasons why kids are such fast learners, because even sort of uh, five to eight or so, they're in the alpha state, which is, as I said, that's kind of the light meditation, and that's where the, the mind's rules are relaxed a bit, and that's where we, we learn and integrate knowledge the strongest. So these sort of you know, eight-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds are getting about the place, predominantly operating in a state of mind where they just absorb knowledge. They don't, they don't block it by rules. They don't know that. Um, they don't necessarily know, for example, that the sky is supposed to always be blue. So they see the the sunset, and it just is. And the sky, you know, they don't know it's any different. And it's not until they start to get a bit into those higher brain levels they start going, "Hang on, the the sky is supposed to be blue. Why is it sort of this reddish color during the day? Oh, there must be a bushfire." No, so it's that's very interesting. Anyway, and so and so on it goes. I took away from all of this, though, this idea that if I want to be creative, if I want to learn new things and develop, what I need to do is get myself out of beta, get myself down into alpha, possibly even theta levels wherever I can, but certainly down to the, that alpha level where things come into your brain and you're not, you're not structuring it into you know your preconceived rules and boundaries you're allowing it to make connections throughout your thought you're able to come up with creations uh, creative ideas because you you are allowing different parts of your brain to connect when you're in beta that's great for when you want to work once you've got okay here's here's my plot outline here's my business plan here's my uh you know social media campaign, whatever you're going to do, you've got it, you know what the rules are for it, you know what's good and bad about it, you know, you've got metrics you need to measure, you need to know whether you're getting, you know, how many words per minute or how many words uh, per hour am I writing in my novel and how's it lining up with where I expect to finish it and all of those sorts of things. Very important that I had to operate at the sort of beta, high beta levels. Down in the alpha though, that's where you want to start learning about new things when you're reading up on history or science to uh, research uh, you you want to block out distractions you want to just let the knowledge into your brain so i i would recommend that you you read more about that look it up i read i got a lot of it out of this breaking the habit of being yourself and it's a very interesting book it's full of some very challenging concepts i would say and i'll probably talk more about that later just because it really it was a real mind changing point of view changing book because it starts off so full of woo and cosmology that it's it's at first it almost turned me off and went no i am going to learn what this guy has to say and see if it is actually applicable or useful or not. 
So I, I shut off the beta, in fact. I didn't realize it. I was turning off that, that beta thinking. And I was letting myself go to alpha. And I read it. And, and I read that thing. And he talks about quantum states and things. And I'm going, well, Joe, I actually know a bit more than what you're saying about quantum states. And what you're saying is not, not strictly speaking true. But I let it go. Because he was not trying to teach me quantum physics. He's trying to teach me a way of viewing uh, your perceptions and the way that your world is created through what you see and observe. So that's interesting. Next week's goals. So next week I will be uh, coming up with my quarterly goals, my new quarterly goals. Then that'll finish off my first year of this planning process. Uh, I will. Um, I'm going to run. 10 kilometers on Sunday again. I nearly didn't do it today. I can't tell you how close I was to just packing it in and making up some excuse to, to say on, online here. But I realized, you know what? I've been saying you're not supposed to make up excuses. You're supposed to do things you commit to. So I, I went and did it. As a result, my my legs are kind of sore and my calf nearly cramped again. But I think it was worth it. Okay, I am going to edit Casey Whalen interview. Casey Whalen's a Great guy. He has got some great talent there. And I really want to get that out. So not next week. The week after, Casey Whalen interview will be um, featuring. And I'm actually going to hit him up, see if I can get a hold of some, um, what do you call it, trailers for Gold Rush. Because he's promising that to be something that uh, pushes the boundaries of audio drama and production. So I'm pretty excited to hear what that is. I'm going to draft book two. So I'll be, I'll be working on book two draft. What? Um, I want chapter four. I want to get to chapter eight. Chapter eight, book two, draft. Actually, I discovered today I was recording um, a little bit of audio book of book one. And in reading it out loud to record it, I found... I found a number of sort of uh, word choices and sentence structures that were awkward. So I've edited those. And what I'm actually going to do is go produce an audiobook of book one. And in the process of producing the audiobook, I'm going to use that as a new fine tooth comb to go through editing it and update it with all the things I've learned from writing book two. Okay, so they're the only goals that I'm going to. Oh, you know what? No. Um... I've got to record a new Space Brains. I've got to edit edit uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I can't spell Odyssey um, for Space Brains. And then I'll be continuing various other things, which which include, for example, the Barefoot Investor things. I've got to get my superannuation and insurance uh, and everything sorted out, get my, get my financial plans on track. Okay. So, my quarterly goals, run 10 kilometers, edit Casey Whale interview, chapter 8, book 2, draft, edit Space Odyssey for Space Brains, and, oh, Judgment Day, Judgment Day recording. And that's it for this week. I'd recommend anyone who is interested in taking up a bit of planning and, and putting into practice those things that you know will help you to start doing that. And you can send them in to me so I can try to keep you honest. I won't use your name online because you may not want to, you may want a bit of privacy, but you'll know your goals when I read them out and you can tell me how well you've done. You can get me at Gravity Undone, that's on Twitter, or on Facebook, Gravity Undone, 
Or you can go to gravityundone.net. Uh, or you can at my creativity pod on Twitter. At Gravity Undone is my main one. So until then, have a real think about how your brain operates and what you what you want to get out of using your brain. And have a great time. See ya.